Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, and thank you for joining us once again as we journey along the seas of cheese. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm confused what the seas of cheese is. <laughs> I'm John. Sounds Gouda. <laughs> I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. And hockey pads. And hockey pads. So we take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see anyone of these movies in anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Elaine's pick. 1994's Stargate. Starring... Starring the James Spader, wonderful James Spader, and <laughs> That's I was going with. the handsome uh, <laughs> Kurt, Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, both nope. returning, uh, returning to the podcast once again. I don't know. Did I say this last time Kurt Russell was on the podcast? You know what Walt Disney's last words were? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Do you know why? No. No one does. Not even Kurt Russell. <laughs> That's because they were his last words. If he had said more words after that, he might have explained. <laughs> <laughs> no one can figure it out. He Kurt just, Russell's like, I don't know. I never met the guy. He just really, really loved all the work he did in The Fox and the Hound. Gotta be. Gotta be. He was, also, in, he was in Disney movies when he was a kid, though, wasn't he? When he was like maybe, a little kid? Maybe I think he was. So. I think he was in like some of those weird Swiss Family Robinson movies. Or I bet it was going to be Kurt Russell owes me 10 bucks. Maybe I should do some research. Maybe we can get him on the podcast again. We'll just have a Kurt Russell-a-thon. Nice. Challenge accepted. Give me a minute. But I was inspired <laughs> to talk about Go. Egypt and James Spader. S'more. S'mores. We got s'mores? So that's why I picked this movie. How could I have some? You haven't given me any yet. So uh, Stargate is a movie about an interstellar transportation device found in Egypt, which leads to a planet with humans resembling ancient Egyptians who worship the god Ra, who is an alien. And that's this movie. Mm-hmm. It received a... Um, oh, shoot. I lost my page. <laughs> <laughs> it has a 46 thermometer score. Tomator. And a 42 Metacritic score on the I, on IMDb. But audiences rate it in the 70s because it's awesome, even though critics did not really seem to enjoy it. It had a budget of $55 million. It made $71 million in the U.S. and $196 million worldwide. Wow. So does that make it a... Uh, we'll, we'll call no, it a, we'll no. It's, it's a it's critical the, flop because it's yeah. the it's 41. A, it's very underappreciated. It is underappreciated. but And it didn't really make a whole lot of money in the U.S. either. No. I don't think we can count overseas money in whether we whether America counts a movie a flop or not because you can never tell how a movie's going to do overseas. Like they really love the Transformers movies, and I think we can all agree that those are garbage. Well, they even started shooting with the not what was the last one five the last fifteen five or four one of them half the movies in is in China. That was like yeah, yeah, so they can cater to them. For the money, which is well, can't like blame the, well, same thing with the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah. Those are not making money in the U.S. It made the last one cost two hundred million to make. It made two hundred million here in the U.S., but you figure advertising things yeah. like that would made a loss. It made a billion dollars overseas. Good God. Yeah, but still here That's it's a, a flop. <laughs> also with uh, Stargate, I'd have to check, but I wonder if there was something else that came out at the same time. 
Sometimes yeah. that'll fuck over movies. Maybe. Oh, like when you have like uh, Armageddon Deep Impact. Yeah. But or it had such a loyal movie. fan base that it spawned a TV sh- a, a, a few. two two <laughs> TV series. And that lasted multiple seasons. See, I would count this as a cult classic, and I would say because it's because it has formed a cult. Yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's Stargate. Cons. It has a very 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 well received TV series starring Harry Dean Stanton. I know when we were living in MacGyver Italy, himself. When we yep. were living in Italy, dear, there was a whole crew of people that watched Stargate every week and wanted me to come over and join their Stargate crew, and I was like, oh, no, I just like the movie. I don't want to see the TV show. I've never heard that story before. This sounds suspicious. <laughs> um, but this movie... They also had land parties. Was That's a thing. ...written yeah. and directed well, by Roland more. Emmerich. <laughs> and he is responsible... He's directed all kinds of great movies, like White House Down. No. 2012. So, 10, oh, with John Cusack, yeah. yeah 10,000 BC, which I heard was a snorefest. I was say, which one of these is good? The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> so bad. 1998's Godzilla. Oh, you which, love that movie. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that movie. I watch it. It's like one of those movies, like, if I don't feel good, I'll put it on and it makes me happy. I don't know why, because I understand that movie's terrible, but I love it. We might have to watch it on the podcast. You know what I like about that movie? <laughs> Brother Love made a, did a song for it. Come With Me. That was that, I like the song. Here, wait. We'll get to some good ones. The Patriot. Independence Day? See, the Patriot was just nice. was um, Braveheart light. So. Yeah, but it still Independence was Day good. was good, the first one. How about Universal Soldier? Can we agree Universal like Soldier? The first one? The fifth one? The first one, yes. I like the first one. I like the 15th one. Um, he, this was also co-written with a gentleman named Dean Devlin, who also uh, helped him out with Universal Soldier and Independence Day and Godzilla. And then this Dean Devlin went on to write some other... Great screenplays like Independence Day Resurgence and the recently in theaters Geostorm starring Gerard Butler. All right, so um, getting on, moving on. So, um, getting on, moving on. This movie stars, of course, Kurt Russell as Colonel Jack O'Neill, James Spader as Dr. Daniel Jackson from Ultron fame, Jay Davidson as uh, Ra, and he was a male model. He's beautiful. He was. He he is very be- he's still beautiful, but he was a male model and he was cast in the role of Dill in The Crying right. Game and which got him this role, but and he acted a little bit since, but he did not enjoy the reaction to this character to the Crying to Game. The yeah. crying game right, so he that. didn't do it. It's a like lot the poor of- kid who was Joffrey in Game of Thrones. People mm-hmm. hate that kid. It's like, wow, he's just a really good actor. Leave same, him alone. Same with the Peck in Ghostbusters. He was supposedly hounded real bad, but he was also wasn't he a dick and real genius too? Yes. Yeah. yeah so is that true? Him. Yes. This man has no dick. <laughs> then there's a bunch of people that you've seen, like, but you don't know why, mm-hmm. or like you reckon you're like, hey, it's that guy. That guy that was on <clears throat> Spin City. As soon as he walked in, I was like, oh, that guy. Richard Kind. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the other guy who was in another TV. It wasn't he? French in, Stewart. Um, yes. Third Rock. That's it. Third Rock. I was like the show with John Lithgow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Ferretti. Robin. That's his, his character name. All right. And uh, John, what did you think going into this movie? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because going into this movie, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Because I've seen this movie, I believe the number is a plethora of times. Um, I had always been a fan of this movie. But I had not seen it in many months. So... Is it like uh, you... Or is it like Tony... You, you're not sure how you're going to react because you haven't seen it since Tuesday. December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's been a minute since I've seen this, so. Literally. <laughs> like, I watched it yesterday and I watched it today, so. 
Okay. I have high expectations for liking this movie. No, good. Good to know. Tony? I had uh, seen this movie a uh, Googleplex times. Wow. But uh, I, again, haven't seen it in a million years, so I didn't know how it was going to was gonna hold up. But uh, I remember liking it a lot. Here's the one I'm curious about. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I didn't think yeah, so. Yeah, Carly. I was. I didn't actually. When you said it, I was like, I don't know what the. Mm. Was like. I got nothing. Tony, so we gave were all me, excited, and you had no clue. <laughs> Tony gave me a little description of the beginning, and it. What he told me reminded me a lot of this movie he watched recently with Tom Cruise, The Mummy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was yeah, like, please sucks. don't let it be yeah. like that. <laughs> so. Uh, no, it doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. No, I know. Or a mummy. <laughs> But look at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> Which is another weird thing because I also realized that this is one of those movies that I'll see it on TV and I don't turn it off. But I don't know the last time I saw the beginning. Because yeah. we were watching it, I was like, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember that whole scene with Kurt Russell and and you know his his son or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. And I was like, I shit, did. I haven't seen this in forever. That's why they. Never mind. We'll get to that. Yeah. That's like when we watched Mannequin, and I was like. I've seen this movie so many times, but I didn't. I have forgotten all about this. <laughs> didn't Weekend of Bernie's have an animation? Like a bunch of eighties movies that animated beginnings. I think so. So, Mannequin did. I don't know. The only one I really remember is uh, Three Men and a Baby. That had an animated sequence in the beginning. Yeah, I think maybe no. It no. was One Crazy Summer too. I don't know. Whatever. Movie. Moving right along. Let's talk about Stargate. Oh yeah. Did you do reviews? Yeah, was oh. I not paying attention? No, I didn't. Sometimes I'm not paying attention. No, I didn't. I have them on I my did, phone uh, here. I did on for London. I totally forgot to do the reviews. I think, <laughs> I think there's been more than one episode we oh, forgot no. to do reviews and nobody noticed. Yeah. So, <clears throat> this movie, or this first review, is a one-star review from reoccurring special guest, Roger Ebert. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just going to read the last paragraph. Because it's paragraph. Like eight, it's like eight paragraphs long. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> best long of, reviews. It started, but it's the best of times. It was the worst of times. Well, because he actually reviews the movie and he gives a synopsis. So he starts off and it's not flattering and he ends off and it's very unflattering. But this is his Take last paragraph. Let's say a Stargate was discovered, allowing instantaneous travel across the universe and opening into a planet that could be inhabited by humans. What would the appropriate response be? Awe? Ambition? Curiosity? Not at all. Colonel O'Neill's orders, track down any signs of possible danger. If I find any, blow up the Stargate. The movie is so lacking in any sense of wonder that it hurls us from one end of the universe to the other, only to end in a gunfight between the good guys and the bad guys while the colonel's bomb ticks down. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Like all movie bombs, it comes equipped with a bright red digital readout device that displays the countdown while beeping. Stargate is like a film of... A film school exercise, assignment, conceive of the weirdest plot you can think of and reduce it as quickly as possible to action movie cliches. If possible, include Sun God Ra and make sure something gets blowed up real good. <laughs> wow. You know what I got to say about that review? It's dog trash. Ooh. Ooh. Snap. Then I have a 10 out of 10 from Sarcasm's Voice. And he says, this movie is excellent. Even if you don't appreciate the genre, the movie itself is superb and has a plot that will pull any open-minded, pull in any open-minded viewer. The acting is top-notch and the actors are a star-studded cast. Kurt Russell plays a great Jack O'Neill and his co-stars are every bit up to the task of playing opposite him. If you doubt this movie's power, may I inform you 
that the show, which was started three years after the movie's debut, is still ongoing and is upcoming on its 10th year anniversary. Wow. To any true SG-1 fan, not seeing the movie is a real loss. This was written in 2006. Obviously, because show's that show's not, not still going on. But... 10-year run, at least, minimum. I'm not sure how long that show went on. But didn't forever. it run longer than Star Trek? I don't know. The well, the original Star Trek like didn't, yeah, it didn't last that long. Oh, like the longest Star Trek or something? I remember hearing something about how it ran, ran, ran longer than any Star Trek or something like that. I don't know. Well, maybe it did. <laughs> I'm not a Trekkie, so. Carly, you're a Trekkie. No, you're I, a Warzy. I enjoy when Tony says, ooh, you should watch that one. <laughs> but he says there's a lot I should skip. <laughs> a Star Trek? <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes I think about becoming a w, uh, We Hate Movies Patreon just so I can listen to the ne- Nexus. <laughs> Not that any of you guys care, but if you like Star Trek, they do a show about Star Trek. Well, um, if you guys <clears throat> care and you want to listen to something quality, I guess that's what you want us to Harley Davidson and Marbleman episode. All right, so let's start this. Let's get this show on the road. The credits open, and we get music, and we get the camera panning. <laughs> So, around some kind of carving. Movie stuff. <laughs> it's pan. It, it's panning around some kind of carving. We're not really sure what we're looking at until it ends, and we see it's a giant headdress on a Egyptian sarcophagus. It's pretty awesome. It's very cool. You're instantly mm. like, "Wow, what am I getting into?" Mm-hmm. I was instantly like, "Am I watching the wrong movie?" I th- something was supposed to be spacey. This we're, looks like <laughs> Egyptian. You know what we're getting into? Giza, 1928. We pull up to a dig site, and a gentleman and his daughter jump out of a very awesome car, and they're like, Professor, Professor, we found something we got to show you, we got to show you. So, then the weirdest thing about this is they show, they bring him to the cover stones, and while the professor is looking at the cover stones, the daughter goes over the table and picks up this necklace with the eye on it and takes it. She's like six or something, or maybe eight. But they see we'll the call co- it seven. Yeah. They see the cover stones and they're like they're all in awe because they've never seen anything like this. And then we hear more shouting and we turn and then we see this giant carved ring being lifted up out of the ground. And it's made out of some metal we can't quantify. Well, Not we don't know that yet because this is nineteen twenty eight. It's nineteen twenty eight, so we don't know that. But I thought it was weird that the cover stones was not like right next to the Stargate. Well, if you have a giant death machine, mm-hmm. which is what this is going to be, essentially, you don't want to leave the instructions next to it. Somebody may fuck up and go, hey, let's turn this thing on. I don't know. It seems like cover Spoiler stones alert, they do that. are called cover <laughs> stones because they're stones covering a thing. But that's just me. All right. So then we go to present day. And we see an old lady. Mm-hmm. And we'd say she, she's a mature lady. We don't say old. She's an old lady. And she's entering... What a banquet hall where there's a lecture going on by a professor Jackson, and he's giving a talk about the Great Pyramids. Yeah, and it is, and his theory that they were not built by Khufu, the pharaohs of the fourth dynasty, Khufu specifically, but were built much earlier, right? Because it was a fake. And then somebody in the audience asks him who he thinks built the pyramids, and he says, Well, I don't know. And then when he admits that he doesn't know, that he doesn't have a theory of who actually built them, then everybody starts to leave. And he's like, that's not the point. The point is that these people didn't build them. Mm-hmm. And he, he's kind of trying to continue his lecture as everybody leaves. And he ends up kind of sitting on the stage, looks like maybe chatting with, and there's one guy left. He goes, was there a lunch or something? <laughs> 
That's a good line. He looks pretty defeated. They're free donuts or something. I don't know what's going on. And he has a very interesting, another great James Spader haircut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not as good as in the Blacklist. No. That's... His hair is better in this movie than in Mannequin. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just That's like still, not saying much. It's still weird. <laughs> I have to say that the great thing about James Spader is his hair always really fits his character. He's kind of got this shaggy little boy all shucks kind of haircut here, which really fits in with this kind of little boy all shucks character. Whereas he had that greasy comb over and mannequin, <laughs> which really went well with that. Army. Yeah. Yeah. Or like in Pretty in Pink, when he's kind of more of the the mean boy, the mean popular guy, he's got that feathered out 80s hair yeah, making him look real dreamy. <laughs> well, he looked cool in that. I know. I'm just saying. And um, so then our next scene is him leaving, and it's really raining, pouring and he ass. doesn't have an umbrella. But uh, this guy comes over and says... Uh, we could you get in the car? We got somebody who wants to talk to you, and it's real weird. And he walks over to the car and he kind of peers in the window, and they the guy with the umbrella tells him to just get in the car, and he gets in the car, and it's the old lady, mm -hmm. and uh, he he's like, "What is this about?" And she says, "Are these your parents?" And hands him a picture, and he's like, "Yes." That is my parents, and he's very confused. Adopted parents. Yeah, adopted parents. She's very confused, and he's like, what is this about? And she says, it's about a job. Ancient Egyptian translations, hieroglyphics. And he's like, no thanks, and he goes to get out. And she says, go where? You've just been evicted from your apartment. Your grants have run out. You want to prove that your theories are right? This is your chance. Which is a good line for getting someone to not leave. Everything you own is in those two bags. Yeah. Although he's justifiably creeped out by this. Yeah, no, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. You, if somebody told me to get in the car, okay, this the happened, man this in the happened, uniform. this happened, this happened. This is the man in the uniform with the umbrella tells you to get into the car for the secret meeting. It's very. And then they pull out your baby pictures and tell you your whole this is life. Your parents. Yeah. Like, right. Everything that's going on in your life right now. And you're like, what? She hands him something and he says, what's this? And she says, travel plans. And then kicks him out of the car. And then he looks at the travel plans in the rain. In the rain! That yeah. shit got wet. I thought the same thing. Go home and look at it. Go under an awning and look at it. Or here, do this. Put your hand over him. <laughs> it's, it's weird, right? But he was like, right by an awning. He could have walked right back he, in that building. He could have used his hand. If he, if he needed to know just that second, one hand right over top. Three steps under the awning. It's very damp out. Very strange. I feel like we spent an awful lot of time on that. <laughs> All right. Feel free to jump in with any other things that you feel like you need to talk about. Next scene. So we got this car pulls up to this house, and these two Air Force men get out. Mm -hmm. to we know the Air Force. It says Air Force on the side of the car. Yep. I've never seen a car in the real world that says, you know, whatever branch of military is right on the side. No. That's not Unless true. it's like the Navy police. I was just going to say, I've seen those Navy police cars yeah. all the time. That's I a grew up thing. in Navy housing. We saw a lot of Navy police. That's a different thing. And don't say whatever. Okay. Well, some of the trucks do say U.S. Army. Like, yeah. Big commerce. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But they don't have plates because they're not registered because fuck you with the U.S. Army. Well, so they walk up to the house and Mrs. O'Neill answers it. Are, you like, Are we, we boring you? <laughs> no. Yes. 
I just need more oxygen because oh. the thoughts of Kurt Russell and his dreaminess take my breath away. Um, <laughs> so they Walt Disney too. They say, "Ma'am, we'd like to speak to your husband." She and says, she says, "She likes a cigarette. You could try." And uh, she is exasperated. It's the impression I got. Like, I think she just had. You try. I'm tired of trying. Like we'll evidently, her son is dead and her husband lost it. So well, well we, we don't know that yet. I didn't know that. <laughs> Wait three seconds. It's coming. So we see a broke down Kurt Russell sitting out of bed, and he's got a gun in his hand, and it looks like he's contemplating killing himself. And then they say, Colonel Colonel O'Neill, and he slips the gun under the bed, and they say they tell him the General West has reactivated him. And uh, he apparently, he doesn't really say anything, and they leave. And uh, as they're getting in the car, we get some great exposition dialogue. <laughs> that dude's messed up. They say, that guy's a mess. How did he get like that? His kid died. Accidentally shot himself. Which pretty much sums up this whole character in one sentence, and it's just perfect. Yeah. It's like the perfect amount of exposition. Because mm-hmm. it makes total sense, and then you don't need... and. You don't need to know anything else about him. We know he was a colonel. His kid shot himself, so he's all fucked up. And he's yeah. not handling it. That's really all we need to know about him the whole and he movie. he was wearing a wig in this scene. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> because the next time we see him. No, that could have been his real hair. He could have cut his hair. Go watch that again. He's that is not real hair. He's got the craziest hair in this movie. <laughs> that is not real hair. That's called a military haircut. I know, but it looks all like feathered out like they tried to make it look as full and poofy as possible. I thought he was um, auditioning for Colonel Guile. <laughs> But when Van he Damme shows got that. up and yeah. we see him, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> All right, so. Had the same haircut in, uh, was it the soldier? Well, let's yeah. move on to the military compound. We get Jackson arriving. I guess he he followed his travel plans and arrives at this military compound. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's sneezing. And they're looking at him funny. And well, he, he says that allergies. he's got allergies and travel. He's allergic to travel. Yeah. I don't understand these allergies. And he's, well, maybe he was on a plane, and if you're on a plane, I've been on a plane recently, and it gets you sick. A plane? Because, You've been yeah. on a yeah, plane recently. Not That's sick right. with allergies. I'll, absolutely, because sometimes you get the you know the the drive-in dust. So I'm allergic to perfume, so when I'm on a plane, it would uh, bother me. But not traveling. He's met by two scientists, a Barbara Shore. And Gary Myers, Gary Myers is played by Mr. Richard Kind. From Spin City fame. I, I love that him. show. I do yeah. too. But I liked it, it better show. when it was Michael J. Fox. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't it watch okay. it anymore once Michael J. Fox left. I did. I liked the episode where he comes back. It was like, ooh. But and then, well, if it comes on Netflix, I'll watch it. All right. It's a good show. It's a good mm-hmm. show. <laughs> he walks into, they take him in the room with the cover stone. And he's very in awe. And he's like, this is fantastic. And. There's an inscription on the inner and the outer track, and they can't. Um, and he's like, the translation of the inner track is wrong, and he starts to fix it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, who translated this? And poor Richard Karn, or mm-hmm. Kind. Well, he kind, starts saying sorry. things like, oh, you used so and so here. That's wrong. I don't know why somebody keeps doing this. In, and like, he's every like, movie. oh, oh, stop touching it, stop touching it. Like yeah. they don't have a picture of it or anything. <laughs> he just starts crossing, erasing, and crossing yeah, stuff like, out. No, but no. it was, but he retranslates it. And it's, it says, a million, a million years into the sky is Ra, the sun god, sealed and buried for all time, his stargate. And he's like, what's a stargate? And they, um, 
Catherine comes in, and that's the old lady. Her name is Catherine. And they start talking to him, and they're telling him that um, it's really old and that it's 5,000 years older than what they the pyramids or whatever when they think the pyramids were made and they tell them that they found it in 1928 in Giza and um they start to tell them about the other thing and that is when Colonel O'Neill jumps it on jumps on the scene and Colonel Guile walks in he's like sonic boom <laughs> says you don't need to know any more than this nobody gets to know nothing top secret because mm-hmm. he says, why is the military so interested in 5,000-year-old hieroglyphs? And Colonel O'Neill says, my report says 10,000. Mm-hmm. And then Catherine's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm in charge. And everything is need to know and, to, and all information is classified and nobody knows anything without my approval. So don't tell him shit. He walks in and does that movie trope of, I'm the new boss. You will all follow my orders and everybody hates him. And then he leaves. He came in and he said, said, you will respect my authority. (laughs) And Catherine is like, I was told I would have complete autonomy. And he's like, plans change. Shit happens. And she's like, why are you here? And he says, I'm here in case you succeed. So I guess they have confidence in her. It's like they saw she hired him and they were like, oh, fuck. He (laughs) actually knows his shit. This, (laughs) This might actually happen. But, so... Well, that's a real scary thing. If you can have a gate to another world, would you want to go through? Me? No. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They don't even know what this thing does. I'm adventurous to a point. <laughs> to a point. I would certainly not go through any gate. No? No. Now, uh, whitewater rafting? Okay. <laughs> Just don't want to leave the planet. Skydiving? Sure. Yeah. Again, not really leaving Stargate? the planet. No. <laughs> I don't know if they knew if they knew that it was you could breathe over there and stuff. I go. Well, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. Well, they oh, don't know you're gonna come yeah. through the other side, so, and people are just gonna do, kill actually. you. Yeah. They sent or, Jackson to work deciphering the symbols on the outer ring, which they don't know what they are. And he's been working hard, and he can't figure it out, and he can't figure it out. He goes to get cough, a pot of coffee to make a pot of coffee, and he sees this guard reading the paper. And he has a eureka moment. He grabs the paper and runs off with it. And there's a picture on the paper of the Constellation Orion. The Constellation Orion. And it matches Apollo 11. <laughs> and it matches up with one of the symbols on the thing, on the outer track. So he's figured out what it is. Now, here's my question about constellations. Mm-hmm. They change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is 10,000 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the constellations were the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, actually, it takes it can take billions of years for stars to burn out. So they probably minutes. are pretty much the same. It could take twenty minutes. I will say when he first held it up next to it, <clears throat> it took me a second to be like, "Oh yeah, I see it." So maybe it had changed a little. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I would be more concerned with the fact that the things that we identify as constellations would have been different back then. Because they would see more of the night sky without all the artificial light. And they would also, it's just a bunch of dots. You but, connect them wherever yeah. you want. But <laughs> they, may, they may not have centaurs in their fiction. <laughs> but we cannot pull at too many of these threads. Okay. Did you ever see the movie Beautiful Mind where he's like, give me a thing. Watch this. I'll make it. Because it's just an infinite amount of dots. So you can just connect them and do whatever you want. Yes, but it's we need a thing and this is the thing. Oh, okay, great. And... Um, she said we need a thing, so this is the thing. 
Well, the Stargate really, it's the it's vehicle that the plot revolves around, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. the center. It's not the story. Mm-hmm. The story is... It's a plot device. Is them, yeah. It's just a plot device that it revolves around, so it doesn't have to So be. don't yank on them strings. But built the military bigwigs, um, including General West, roll up, and Jackson presents his findings. Like, and you think you figured out in two weeks what they haven't figured out? And he says two years? he solved in 14 like, days yeah. what you couldn't figure out in two years. And he seemed very shocked that it took them two years. Like, well, if you didn't have a bunch of dumbasses working on it, yeah. we would have been done sooner. But he shows them what it is, and he says his coordinates. And they say, well, what about, there's, you know, you said you deciphered seven symbols. And he says, this is the seventh symbol here down below. That's the origin point. He draws them a handy little diagram on a great whiteboard. And um, For three-dimensional space, you need six points to locate it, and then the seventh one shows you where you're going. And mm. uh, so he solved it. So they show him the device. Well, they say, well, this symbol is not only a device. And he goes, what device? So then luckily there's a button right next to them so they could push, and all the drawings <laughs> just disappear, and there it is. They've been waiting for this for a while. I know. Like, that guy's <laughs> job in life is to push the button. And he's shocked. And he's like, what is that thing? And Catherine's like, it's your Stargate. And they turn the Stargate on. Which, again, we can't pull these threads. But how did they fucking know how to turn it on? How did they know how to hook all this stuff up? If they couldn't figure out they were constellations, then what did they think they were doing? <laughs> Well, the they world were, may never know. They were just matching up symbols, you see. Okay. Does he use 220, 240? What's the voltage on? No, but here's the other thing. Well, they're, yeah, on the other side, they're not worried about that. <laughs> so they're just matching up symbols. Like, they have all these, you know, modern machines hooked up to this and to make it all work. But on the other side, nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's just stone. Loki walks up and jumps through it, you know. Mm-hmm. So they start cycling through the symbols, and they enter, and he points out which one's the seventh symbol. And they the enter that in. The son. And uh, Catherine tells him that her father found it in Giza with the cover stones mm-hmm. and that it's made of a mineral, not of this earth. And uh, vibranium. Yeah, you thought of that was made on this earth. There's yeah. an earthquake, there's a power surge, and then it opens. What? And it, it looks turns like a on. liquid or yeah. plasma. I'm thinking more plasma than liquid. Yeah, it looks like a T2. Gate made of a T2. Plasma. <laughs> and uh, it's so pretty. And Jackson, and they all seem kind of shocked. Like, I mean, I guess nobody knew it was going to happen. Now, but. let me ask you a question. Do you think this thing folds time and space? Or is it a wormhole? It's a wormhole. Well, then they're going to die. Okay. Because wormholes, who knows how long they go it looks a lot of, like a Mario Kart track. But you need some kind yeah. of protection for a wormhole. <laughs> they're very clear. Then they're traveling through fucking space. They're very clear it's a wormhole. Okay, but I don't I, know, honey. Well, they're also I, disintegrated before they're sent. So I don't know so exactly what it is. So according to that, you're being annihilated and re yeah, But they had a probe ready to go just in case it turned on, which seems very helpful. So they send a probe through. Here's another thing. When they send the probe through, they have this... It's hooked up to this handy <laughs> <That's> device <awesome. laughs> that tracks its progress across space mm-hmm. so they got good wi-fi signal how did they know that this was inner like tracked you across space and not another dimension could have been an interdimensional portal there could have been could've dragons been. on the other side 
they don't know, but yet they had it all set up to track yeah. a probe across the known galaxy. And here's my question. Do you know how long it takes um, the space people to make, you know, something turn? Mm-hmm. It takes a long time because they have to know that it's coming. And that's the, the signal has to come all the way back to Earth. They have to tell it, hey, turn. So it's in a way back. Signals, speed of light. This That signal is moving at, I don't know how many more times the speed of light to get <laughs> back to us. Impossible. So, yeah, but this is, okay. So, goddamn, that thing's moving. I know, but this is a movie, mm-hmm. and it doesn't all have to make sense. See, that's where I was, ba- I jumped off the train. I was good with the interdimensional portal, but I'm like, they're getting data back that fast? Bullshit. Well. They're violating some laws here. They were getting data back until the portal closed, and it cut off their link with their probe. But they have all the data the probe sent back, and they start to analyze it. And there it was another planet. It's got atmosphere that matches ours. And more importantly, and, oxygen. And oxygen. That's what he says. More importantly, oxygen. Yeah, but that's what the atmosphere matching ours means. It, it <laughs> needs, that's a redundant statement. Yeah, but people are stupid, and they need to tell you that. Wow. Because guess what? You don't breathe just pure oxygen. But the people who listen to our podcast are not stupid, so we didn't need to tell them about this redundant line. But you know what else? Um, I did, I did read one thing. I hope this isn't in your notes. No, go but, ahead. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know the language, but you know how when when you send movies to other countries, you can't just call it Stargate. You gotta yeah. give them some kind of idea. Well, they sent it to uh, Mexico, and when they translated it, it wasn't Stargate because they didn't really have it working that way. They had the Gate of Time. So they said all their moviegoers were confused because they thought they went back to ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, that's, well, that's something. <laughs> they were really lost. Wait, wait, what the fuck is this? Well, Let's go to Del Taco. Hell with this. It sends back <laughs> pictures as long as well as data because it's the best probe on the planet. Ever. On this other planet, some planet in the Kalium galaxy. And it shows clearly symbols and the gate on the other side. And so they... You know, they start talking about it, and they're like, well, those symbols are different. And the general's like, well, I think we're going to have to abort. And Jackson's like, because he's buddies with General West now, uh, abort what? And he's like, the mission, because we can't, nobody can decipher the symbols on the other side, so you can't come back. And he's like, I can do it. He's like, I could do that. And he was all matter of fact about it. Sure. Yeah. And will they even, are you sure? Positive. Mm-hmm. He's 100% positive that he can... Decipher the symbols on the other side and open the gate back up. Question. So these are constellations, right? This guy was so cure- positive he could translate somebody else's constellations? Mm-hmm. Okay, just check. He is Ultron. We well, just... no, he tells you why he was positive later. When... Yeah, and he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so they were kind of screwed. And if loving that loud is wrong, probes. I don't want to be right. But uh, Send probes to infinity. Mm-hmm. The away team assembles. The away team assembles. Very fast. And uh, Catherine gives Jackson the raw symbol necklace that she found with the Stargate. And she says, it's always brought me luck. And it will bring you luck, too. So she gives it to him. And, uh... Should have gave him a six-demon bag. That could have come in handy. That would have came in handy. Mm -hmm. But they they fire up the gate, and they send them through. And Kurt Russell does some great acting here. When he's faced with this gate, which you know there was nothing there when he was doing this too. And he manages to look very, he's an intense stare down with nothingness. <laughs> and you can see that he's kind of afraid, but he's just, he's just got so much courage. You can see it in his eyes. The man was, the, was a, is a phenomenal actor. Walt Disney's last words. And he walks words. right through. <laughs> and he walks, he walks in and he goes through it. And he's the first one because he's the bravest. 
And then the other military fellows go through, and they're looking nervous as fuck. What's that about marching order, though? Tony had a problem with oh, the marching order. Yeah, uh, guy that can get us back is not going last. <laughs> <laughs> He's going in the middle or first. Because I'm in not having middle, him yeah. turn a, to go. I'm not doing this and run away. Like, we're all fucking stuck here forever now. Thanks. I I agree. He yeah. should have been. He's going in with middle. AKs in his face. You're going in first. Yeah, I agree with Tony. He's going with the cattle prod up his ass. Yeah, exactly. If he slows down, so, he's getting zapped. Yeah. But everybody goes through it. Then Jackson's last, and he's really just has all the wonder of a child. He kind of puts his fingers in first, and his smile, and just is really. He's like think you can tell he thinks it's so cool. And then it comes to walk through, and he looks scared and freaked out. But he goes, and then he turns into, I don't know, light, <laughs> beams of light, and is... It's like in Willy Wonka, or in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where he's like, you can go into the TV, and you break up into the tiny particles, yeah. and then you're transported onto the screen. That's called annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, you die. But he... And they recreate someone who looks just like you. That's not really traveling. You're dead. He, he went to ludicrous speed and made it all the way through the Stargate. And when he comes out the other side, he's all disoriented and freaked out, like one would be. And they're like, it'll wear off. How do they know? And they set up a perimeter. So they're in this empty... They're in, they come out, and they're in an empty pyramid built... Well, we know temple. it's a pyramid. Temple. Yeah. And uh, they... Fan out and every it's it's empty. There's nothing here. Everything's dark, and they find the entrance and they go outside and they're in the middle of a freaking desert. Mm-hmm. And they climb up and we got Jackson and O'Neill climb up a hill of sand and turn around, and Colonel O'Neill turns around first, and he just kind of he looks shocked, and then Jackson turns around and he startles and he almost falls down, which I thought was a great little bit of physical acting by James Spader. Oh, and you he's see a phenomenal actor. The giant pyramid, and then you see three <laughs> moons. Yep. And you definitely know, Dorothy, we are not in Kansas anymore. No, they were in ancient Egypt when there was three moons. They're not in ancient Egypt. <laughs> well, that's what the Mexicans thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they lose two moons. <laughs> they're like, there's nothing here. All right. And so open it up. So <laughs> and Jackson says, "I knew it," because his pyramid theories have all been proven correct. Mm-hmm. And uh huh. I know Kofu didn't come here, but you don't get to tell anyone ever, right? So uh, they're looking. They're taking some readings and they're looking around. And the colonel tells his people that he wants him back through the Stargate in an hour. And Jackson's like, "Well, I need more time." And they're like, well, what do you mean you need more time? Well, this is just a quick check around. We're going to go right back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but we definitely need to see if there's civilization around. This can't be out here in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, you told us you could get us back. Can you or can't you do that? And he's like, no. This is like the Pyramid of Giza. There's no writing of any kind here. I need to find something like the cover stone that has the symbols on it to know the order. I can decipher the symbols, but I won't be able to tell you the order without you know and they're like so can you send us back and he's like no and then they're really pissed off well i'd be pissed off too you told me you can get me back yeah although it was a lot to ask yeah (laughs) okay now have us back in an hour it was a lot to ask well he's like i was sure it would be right here you were sure it would be right here kowalski freaks out like he would like you do and i would i'd kick him right in the nards yeah 
And then uh, the colonel tells them to pull themselves together and sets his men to making a base camp. Then we get a great scene of um, military complaining. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in the military does. That's not true. They were yes. given a shit symbol- sandwich and they're going to complain about everybody. Yeah. As far as I know, it's 100% true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was in the military. Let me tell you, we complained a lot. This is one of those bit, one of Tony's favorite things where we go back and forth rapidly between things. <laughs> so we get military complaining. Then we get inside the pyramid where O'Neill is uh, unpacking a bomb. Not a bomb. A bomb. Oh, cha cha cha. Could be an H bomb. We don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know. We don't know. I don't know enough. We'll about call it a bomb. It's a movie bomb. Get it? It's a movie bomb. I think it's an A bomb. And then uh, I think it's excessive to blow up a Stargate. Well, later on he says uh, you've harnessed the atom. Atom. Yeah. Yes, so but it I, still could be a hydrogen bomb, yeah, which is also yeah. yeah. Um So then we get uh, Ferretti, who is French Stewart, uh, tells Jack Jackson is sitting down. Who cannot play a tough guy to save his life? <laughs> no. no, because he sucked at it. He was I couldn't much believe it but, for a second. But Jackson yeah, like, comes up, up to the yeah. tent, the base camp area, and he's like, "Ooh, this is pretty cool." And he starts looking through all the pockets of his vest. He's looking for sunblock. Yeah. Looking for sunblock. He's like, I have everything but sunblock. And Freddie is like, fuck, fuck, "Don't fuck, you have fuck. something to do, like getting us the hell out of here?" And throws a suitcase full of books at him, and it tumbles down a sand dune, and books are everywhere. So he's like, "Careful, Frenchie, because I think James Spader could actually beat your ass." <laughs> <laughs> but then we flash back to O'Neill assembling his bomb, and. Um, one of the, and uh, Kowalski comes in and is like, Colonel, we got camp set up. And you see uh, O'Neill giving him the eye, like, am I going to have to shoot him to protect my secret bomb? <laughs> it was a very tense scene for, I, it didn't need to be tense, but it was very tense. Like, all these scenes with the bomb are very tense. Because Kurt Russell's an excellent actor as well. <laughs> very true. And then... Uh, we go back to Jackson, who has given up picking up his boot, his books, and has just eaten like a power bar. No, and... it's a Fifth Avenue candy bar. Oh, okay. And Which he spots good. he spots some animal tracks. <laughs> he spots some animal tracks, and he's intrigued. So he starts to follow it, even though he's on an alien planet and doesn't know what that thing is. What it feeds people? What in the fuck is that thing? It's got a harness on it, so he's pretty. It's sure. a horse. That's not a horse. Those animals were all horses with co- wearing costumes. No, no. Yeah, okay, I get what it was a horse. But what is it supposed to be? It looks some more like sort, a buffalo. Some sort of <laughs> buffalo slash yak slash alien camel thing. And the, the, the makeup stuff dog. it had on it reminded me of Masters of the Universe. The guy okay. with the little thing. Ding, ding, ding. He reminded me of that. I don't know why. <laughs> the, the dwarf thing with the keytar? Mm-hmm. The interdimensional keytar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought about. Mm-hmm. Also a little bit like station from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they use the same uh, creature factory for all of those ones. But James Spader deduced much as I did that it has a harness on it, so it's domesticated. So but he go. finds a beast. Then we flash mm-hmm. back to O'Neill, who comes up and is like, where's Jackson? And they're like, uh, we don't know. And they're like, you're supposed to be fucking watching him. And they see the tracks, and then they go off looking for him. Like, we will never get out of here if he's not here. Come yeah. on, guys. And, uh, and You should be hovering over this guy all yeah. the time. From Jackson, Alien Planet. <laughs> where's Jackson? Jackson is making a new friend. And uh, O'Neill comes up and is like, I don't think you should touch it. And Jackson's like, it's got a harness on. It's domesticated. It's, it's all good. But they managed to startle it. And it starts to run away, and Jackson gets tangled up in his harness and goes for a, ro- a ride. And loses his glasses. 
His glasses are off when the horse stops, and then he miraculously has them back on his face. <laughs> We're just going to hope that Kurt Russell saw them. How can you be concerned by his glasses when he has sand everywhere? In the darndest places. <laughs> that sand's never coming out. Hopefully it, he brought extra pairs of glasses. Showery is going to be found in sand in his, in his laundry for months. Yeah. Um, also, why is this in the desert? I don't know what. There's this big trope about how um, Egypt was all in the desert. Yeah, it wasn't. It was on. It was on the Nile. It's in the desert. It's very green because it's probably cheaper because. to film there because <laughs> that's where the fucking pyramids are. No, they're not. I know. It's... Like the pyramids are literally right across the street from a city. I know, honey. <laughs> I know. It was. Look, because that's what people picture in their head. So they're trying that's to make oh. it match the picture in your head. Oh yeah. That's true. I had a friend from Egypt and a friend from Turkey, and both of them were like. People think that we just walk and there's camels everywhere, but <laughs> I grew up in a city just like you guys. You don't think it walks around in the I've desert? I've never seen a camel outside of the zoo. I don't think it walks around in the desert all the time or date dates. You know date dates, don't you? Date date. Date 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 date. That was date, dink dinks. Date date. Oh, dink dinks. Mm-hmm. Another thing about the pyramids is they weren't sandstone like, like we see. No. Yeah. They used to be like a limestone. They were white and they had a gold... Pop back in the day, They're but Egyptians, um, they, so. they looted the shit out of the pyramids. Well, yeah. this one, this one had an alien ship top, so which yeah. is even cooler. That's true. They win. But <laughs> damn, never gonna top that. But so uh, yeah, but literally, you can Jackson finds hotel. You can see. So uh, his beast finally, his beast friend, finally stops, and the poor guys that had to run through the desert after them catch up, and, and I hope they can find um, their way back. And for some reason, I don't know if they hear something or what, but O'Neill is like, it's a, what's that? I smell something. And he climbs to the top of a hill and they find some mines. Looks like a, uh, like a trading tent, maybe. And then a bunch of miners mm-hmm. and, and like these a beasts. shit ton. And these beasts are all over the place. And they're mining animantium. And they, uh. <laughs> They look at them for a little bit, and then they just fucking walk down there. Like you do. Like you do, yeah. Let's. And hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. What's going on? I'm Jed. How's your mom and them? <laughs> this is definitely not Star Trek rules for first contact, but... <laughs> no. Yeah, but, they, but they're not wearing red, so they're fine. But uh, some of the, the people at the mine spot them, and it's all very... And everybody kind of just staring at them. And they walk up. And uh, O'Neill's like, uh, talk to him. You're the linguist. He's like, sure. <laughs> I'll just make up a language and they'll, and they'll know it. Which there is later. the expectation that he can just do it. You're uh, you're the educated one here. Just make it work. You're the one with the learning, so you go yeah. figure this out. <laughs> Although if he's a colonel, he's educated as well. <laughs> Evidently not as much as he thinks. Yeah. I don't know. He's educated in military strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got a college education. And just because you're a high rank doesn't mean you know your ass from your elbow. Yeah. It means you, would, it means you have a college education. That doesn't... Mm, that, means, don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay, so, moving right along. So, they Jackson tries to communicate, and they spot the eye of Rod necklace, and then they all bow. And uh, O'Neill's like, what'd you say? And Jackson's like, I didn't say anything. I don't know what happened. And O'Neill goes over to one of the people and tries to get him to stand to get up and it's a young boy or young man like a teenager he's mm-hmm. probably like 
19 or something like that. And he's like, come on, it's okay, it's okay. And the kid freaks out and runs off. Mm-hmm. And um, he, after he runs away screaming, the headman arrives. And he tries to talk to them. And Jackson's like, I can't. I, he's like, I don't understand. He's like, it sounds familiar, but I've got, I've got no clue. I can't place it. And uh, he, but he gives his, uh, like a, a, his Fifth Avenue candy bar to the headman. Because they give them water, water. or water, something yeah. to drink. At least he is uh, yeah. necklace. So he's like, oh, thanks. I got So they're being you. hospitable. So, yeah, okay, he, we'll return he, the gift. And the guy's like, what is this? He freaked. <laughs> it looks but like he, a turd. <laughs> <laughs> But ever and, adventurous, and it's melted somehow. Ever adventurous, he eats it. Yeah, I don't know what the temperature is yeah. in in Farron's Fantasy Desert. It's like sixty. <laughs> it might have been cold for all we know. Yeah, the sun was out. That's all you know. But he busts out the candy bar, mm-hmm. and I love the the face mm-hmm. of this actor. He's like, Yeah, at first it's like coming out of his mouth. He's like, I don't know about this. Because <laughs> the consistency must be something like think about it. if you've never had a Fifth yeah. or any candy bar in your life and you taste it for the first time the consistency is probably going to weird you out a little bit this actor is a great character actor that's been in all kinds of he things was, he, was, like, he was in Mr. Deeds this is good I like this well, and then the sugar hit him and he's like yo <laughs> yeah I'd seen him in a lot of stuff I just couldn't think of anything he's been in a lot of stuff let's not worry about that let's move on all right, so uh, the headman then invites them to the village, and he's like, "They he's inviting us back to the village." And O'Neill's like, "How do you know that?" And Jackson makes that arm gesture that the headman was because he's said, inviting us to the village. Because he's inviting us <laughs> to go with him. Because body language is pretty easy to read. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they go with him, and uh, they get to the city, and it's a pretty impressive city, mm-hmm. and. Um, as they enter the city, there's a giant golden symbol of Ra. And uh, O'Neill immediately makes the connection that they uh, that uh, they think that Ra has sent them. Or think mm-hmm. they have something to do with Ra because of... Uh, the necklace. The necklace. Because everybody bows Russell, to the symbol. Russell figures that out. Yep. Because he's, uh, he's not no stinker, he's a thinker. <laughs> Apollo Creed said that you know, carry a briefcase, become a doctor, become a lawyer. Don't be a sports. Doctor. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, sandstorm. <laughs> so, just out of nowhere, we get some Big horns, one. and base camp is just like almost engulfed and destroyed, and they're running into the pyramid, and they're trying to get. Radio them. radio them out, but You're looking for Emotep's face. We have in this to one. abandon base camp, but they can't hear them, so they don't know what's happening. But yeah, apparently they can send signals to other dimensions, but 200 feet away is just impossible. Well, there's a reason for that. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. here's the thing: is um when you talk, there's this thing called a satellite. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure they don't have those on this planet. We don't know. Three See, moons. There's three months. <laughs> so, then, so then you're relying on something called line of sight to be able to. It can't hit anything. Oh well, there you go. So you wow. learn things in the podcast. Yeah. All right, but there's not a lot of real science. Yeah, they let a lot of shit go in this week. <laughs> I don't know. How but at least that's one thing we learned. I mean, because I was sure the Stargate was just, it was folding time in on itself and he was creating a doorway because it's a Stargate, not a star. I thought it was a plot hole, but John jumped out and said, nah it's a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so meanwhile, back at the city, since there's a sandstorm, we can't communicate, let's have dinner. 
<laughs> Let's eat some. And uh, there's a banquet. They're being feasted. And uh, they're like, we don't know if you should eat that. And he's like, I gotta be polite if we didn't eat it. Well, he's got a point because you know what kind of diseases they have and things like that. But he starts eating like it looks like a piece of flatbread, and all of a sudden, alien lizard roast. Yeah. But he tries it because who would have thought that some uh, milk water professor dude would be so adventurous? No, gross. And (laughs) he takes it. Takes a piece and he tries it and he's like, it tastes like chicken. And then he starts making does. chicken noises. Because they, they know, know what chickens, what chickens are. are. Looking like an idiot. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. Like, yeah, they, it was. I clearly don't have chickens on this planet. He's the smartest person here and he starts clucking like a chicken. Yeah. He's got book smarts, not street smarts. You know who does have street smarts? O'Neal. So he says, hey, Jackson, if they know one symbol, doesn't it make sense that they yes. might know another? Also, don't drink the water. Mm. And stop clucking, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, yes. Oh, so he asks, you never know. He, so, but this is a brilliant idea. So Jackson goes over to the headman and starts drawing the symbol for Ra. And he thought it was a good him. idea. <laughs> but the headman freaks so no, out. No. He freaks the fuck out. He freaks <laughs> out. He freaks out so much that uh, Jackson is like, apparently it's forbidden. And, uh... The headman freaks out so much that he's like, well, I don't want to have this conversation ever again. And has Jackson kidnapped by a bunch of ladies. Hello. Hello. Well, here's another question. I'm waiting for everybody else to start drawing. He wants some (laughs) attention from the ladies. He just has to draw. (laughs) And now we know why we're filming in the desert. So he can just draw in the sand, wherever he is. Hey, Carly, let's go outside. We don't live in the desert. Let me show you how you use (laughs) some sticks and mud to just... (laughs) It hasn't or rained. Snow. Or There's snow. Or... You first have to dig up some grass. I mean, I'll, I'll put in some work. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't take but a minute. This is very easy. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. super easy. Also, how do they know how reproduction is going to work? Maybe um, aliens. You don't know where stuff is. Well, I mean, they're not supposed to, Well, I guess they're kind of human. They're not aliens. They're humans. they're humans. Are you sure they're humans? Yes, I they am. were taken from our planet and they put on that planet. They don't know that. Yes. They don't know that. Thousands but... of years ago, things evolved. They, they could have evolved vaginas on their butts. In a thousand years. Perhaps never they know. did. We didn't yeah, never, see you don't know what's in this. Any... <laughs> you don't know what's in this weird alien milk. <laughs> they're not even drinking milk. Whatever. They what know alien... better than to drink milk on an alien planet. Oh, no, but you'll eat the weird alien roast. Well, you gotta eat something. It's the same thing as drinking the milk. No, it's not. It sure is. Comes from the body. It's not the same. And milk does the body good. Pass it on. Mm-hmm. If you're a cow. Oh. Anywho's. So, um, he gets clean. These older ladies clean him from head to toe. Or from just the his... to the Well, he doesn't ever take his clothes off. Or so just they clean his, his head, head and, and his, his toes. <laughs> his hands and nothing else well they were gonna clean other parts and he's like thanks no i'm good i'm good and he's like i smell like yak which i thought was a good line and then uh showery enters and he's like no no i'm good and he sees that it's her and the pretty girl and he's like oh i thought you were one of the other one of the ladies coming back and he's talking to her but she clearly doesn't understand and she looks very nervous and then she takes off her clothes and he kind of freaks out i don't know why i would have went straight vin diesel Things I'm gonna do for my country. <laughs> gross. It's what, it's what he says. And it's gross. Triple X. That's what he said. And that movie's gross. 
You gotta sleep gross. with an alien. <laughs> you know what? Not an alien. <laughs> she, is. she don't know that. He doesn't, he doesn't She's know that. She's from another planet. Alien. Don't know that. All right. Yeah, she could have a vagina on her butt. Apparently, <laughs> still. Call it. We call them Close vagina butts. Enough. He would figure it out. <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, she, maybe she has the penis, and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa! Like, no. <laughs> but he's like, no, no, you don't have to do that, because he's a good person, and but that hurts your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a bad. I person. don't know if it hurts her feelings or it if it makes her, her or if it makes her scared, because if they think that he was sent by Ra, and she's like the offering, and he doesn't want her, yeah. that's not good. No, right. In a primitive slave culture, that's she real has to bad. Bite the bullet. And yeah, so so he tries to lead her <laughs> out, and they're like, the good foot and oh, do the bad thing. oh, yeah, you don't like her, you don't like her. Yeah. Oh no, I like her. It's okay. Yeah, he tries like to lead her. her out, and then he sees everybody is watching. And he's like, oh no, we're all good because he doesn't. Gave him the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anybody got a condom? Anybody know what that is? No. <laughs> I don't want to catch any weird alien sex diseases. And then, um, so uh, they go back inside, and he's talking to her, and he decides, and he's like he kind of tells her the story and he starts to draw and at first she won't look at it and he gets kind of defeated he walks away and then like pacing like i don't know what i'm gonna do and then she fixes his drawing to make it the symbol for earth and he's like oh awesome earth earth you've seen that you've seen that and he points at his eye and at the picture and at the eye and the picture and she under gets she, apparently he's not terrible at charades, so she understands. <laughs> and she's like, "Yes, yeah, I've seen that." She mimes back, and he's like, "Take me there, take me there." So, uh, but she's they gotta gonna, wait a while so no one else gets upset. She's or they have to sneak him. out. I don't know how they got out. Is there a back door to this tent? They don't Probably. talk about the back door. There's a vagina on there. <laughs> <laughs> so she was all ready to have him enter her premises. Regardless of where it was located. And he's like, how about we both leave the premises? <laughs> yeah, but they suck out of the premises. Well, the Stargate. <laughs> Back at base camp, something has arrived. We get some more earthquakey stuff, and the world is shaking, and... The earth was quaking. <laughs> and um, something is in the pyramid with them. One by one, the military guys get knocked out and dragged off by an unseen enemy. And right at the very end, we see it. And it's fucking Anubis. <laughs> like, who? Like, I'm, I, know we're in e, I know we're in a giant pyramid, but you know what you don't expect? Anubis. Fucking Anubis. Uh-huh. But then when you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. Anubis. <laughs> oh, that and makes like, sense. It's like, ma'am, right in the face. Like yeah, yeah well, like yeah, sure that makes sense. Yeah. And then you catch one in the dome. Uh-uh. Yeah, back at the city, we get uh, Colonel O'Neill having a smoke and looking just classy as fuck. Classy as fuck. Elaine's got to think. Smoking. For her. I no. might know who her favorite character is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the young Mr. Patricia young... Manhor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the young man that was uh, that he scared off earlier. Is watching him and seems to be very impressed with, you know, O'Neill, and he's just thinking he looks like the most awesome badass he role model mimicking. that's ever. Yep, and uh, he uh, he takes on O'Neill shows him his lighter and gives it to him, and then uh, the kid Sakura is his name. I wrote it down. Um, takes a cigarette. And lights it up, and he's mimicking him, and he's just trying to be the coolest of the cool. And he takes a drag, 
after he figures out how to do it. That you're supposed to do that. And he'll just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> and it does not go well. It does not go well. And he just is like, he, you can clearly see he's completely disgusted by that and yeah. thinks it's, it's just... It's like, rather, why would you do that? It's rather realistic. Yeah. Kurt Russell laughs because it's funny. He, and he's like, you're right. Smoking's bad for you and puts a cigarette out. And uh, Well, it was 94, so was, cigarettes were on the down decline, yeah. you know, so... But he tells him that he can keep his lighter. And uh, I wouldn't let him. Sakura's like, yeah. We're, we're buddies he, now. Did he really think, okay, I'm not going to smoke anymore. I don't need the... the I mean, there were fires around, I guess. But he's making friends. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a young boy, and Kurt Russell's obviously good with kids. Not that this is that young of a guy. This is a teenage boy. Of course he's good with kids. And Walt then, Disney's last words were Kurt and Russell. Then, but then... Emboldened by his previous success, he tries to touch his gun. Mm. And Kurt Russell freaks the fuck out. Triggered. Yes. Well, you, look at you don't grab another man's woman, you don't touch another man's He's son. like, no, bad, dangerous. And lost his son to Yeah. But um and the other the guys kinda look at him funny because I don't think they know quite what happened to his son. But. No, probably. And then back to Showery and Daniel. She takes him to a cavern and it's covered in hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. And he starts reading it and she hears him and she kind of corrects him and uh before you know it he has figured out the language and he's starting to talk and he's fluent <laughs> yeah and uh, he's like i don't understand the word you're saying oh i got it now thanks it's just like click mm-hmm. i before e except for c got it so then we we flash back to uh um base camp real quick and we got our old buddy french stewart Ferretti mm-hmm. has kind of gained consciousness and he's in a room and he sees this, this sarcophagus open and a hand comes out and then he gets and then Horace turns and knocks him the fuck out. So things are not all. So what you need to know is when you see an Egyptian god, you're going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Protect your head because they yeah, like doc. to knock you out. All right, so we go back to the city, and O'Neill, they can't reach base camp, and they're like, is it interference? And they're like, no, Colonel, it's just not there. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, there's nobody on the other end. And uh, we see uh, a gathering of young men off to the side, and Sakura is showing them his awesome new lighter, which Mm -hmm. I would fucking do that too, right? Right. Yeah. And O'Neill spots him, and then goes over, to ask them if they've seen Jackson. He's got Jackson's best. And he's like, and he's very bad at charades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes him a very long time to feed. Glasses. He does the sneezing thing. <laughs> yeah. He holds up the jacket. He says he wears glasses. He sneezes. You can't see what Elaine did, but she did the glasses. He's got the hair. <laughs> the hair. And um, he, he does it a couple times. But Sakara apparently is smarter than your average bear because he figures out and he starts going, wah. And then, yes, yes the, chicken, chicken. the chicken guy. Again, so, stop saying chicken. They don't know what that is. <laughs> but, so he takes the jacket from O'Neill and gives it to that yak thing <laughs> to smell and then Track tracks him down. It down. Yeah. And this is a horse. Can horses do that? Which is another interesting so. thing because... Well, it's a horse dog. I'm yeah. starting this to guy, think that perhaps we keep talking about milk. Maybe this animal is something they completely rely on. 
It's in track. Maybe they can milk it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can milk anything with nipples. Ben still told me that. And, um, meet meet uh, parents. <laughs> they can ride them. They use them for work. They use them for everything. What about me, Greg? I have nipples. Can, can you, you milk, milk me? me? <laughs> um, but uh, he says go. He tells the the yak thing to find Showery. Mm-hmm. So he knew that Daniel and Showery had sneaked out, but the headman didn't. Snuck out. Sneaked out. I can say sneaked out. I don't think so. I just it did, so I clearly can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Maybe that was too much, T.O. Jackson and Showery are sitting there talking, Tony having a, a chitty, a chitty, chitty chat, chat. <laughs> and chat, um, chat, chat. O'Neal <laughs> interrupts and is like, hey, it's, uh, don't you think you should uh, not be hiding in, in the dirt playing with your new lady friend? He's and, like, nope, uh, that's exactly where I need to be. <laughs> He's like, I thought you couldn't speak the language. And Jackson says, once you figured out the vowels, it, it wasn't. Because uh, they don't have a, there was no spoken language for the hieroglyphics and stuff. That's just yeah. shit, shit we made up. Mm-hmm. Said it hasn't been a living, breathing la- language for five thousand years. But he tells the he tells O'Neill the story of what the hieroglyphs say that a traveler from a distant stars, um, his his world was dying. And he was seeking to escape, and he came across Earth, and he um, found when he landed, he found a brave villager, and you and took his body, and because our bodies are easy to fix and could easily prolong his life, and then like possessed him, and then appointed himself ruler, and he used the Stargate to take people from Earth to this planet to mine the mineral that's the base of all his technology. His uranium B2 or whatever it is. Vibranium. Unobtainium. <laughs> Unobtainium. Um, animantium. And that... I think so. Yeah. Vibranium would be best because Ultron tried to make a person out of it. Eventually, there was a revolt on Earth. The most versatile substance on the planet. And people use it to make a Frisbee. <laughs> and the Stargate was buried and then outlawed reading and writing so that it wouldn't happen here. And uh, so... Uh, then Kowalski find, is like, hey, there's something you should see over here. And he finds the coordinates with all six symbols. But, oh, wait, we need seven. The, we need seven. It's worn. It, it had fallen off. Erosion. He picks it up, and it's all worn off. So they still don't have the seventh symbol. They still can't fucking get home. They're very close, mm-hmm. but not close it. enough. But uh, they seem like they've learned everything they could possibly learn. So they head, and it's morning, I guess. But they So they head back to base camp to find out what happened to base camp, and they leave the city. And uh, is kind of, Showery and Sakar, Showery's looking at Daniel. It's like, hey, dude, are you, you're just going to leave? And he's <laughs> like, yep, I'm out. He says, aren't you going to kiss goodbye? And he's like, nope. <laughs> so they head back to the pyramid. And when they get there, they find that there's a fucking spaceship on top of it, mm-hmm. which was not there yesterday. And that thing would have stuck out a little bit. And they immediately head right inside because. Fuck it, check it out. I guess. We're already on an alien planet using alien technology. And this is where we find out that the boys have followed. They are not going to be left out of this adventure. And, um,. They go inside and everything is, they find like the traces of the fight. Mm-hmm. And then they get attacked. 
and Sakara sees it through a window that they're getting attacked and captured. O'Neill and Jackson head down into the bomb room or into the Stargate chamber and O'Neill goes to open the bomb but it's fucking gone. And then Anubis comes in and captures them. He's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And they are brought before Ra. So they're in this giant throne room. They're great and powerful. And Ra... And Ra enters, and he's got his big headdress on, and just looking awesome as fuck. With the, with the little goatee thing and everything. Yeah. Yep. And he's got an entourage of children. Now, I read in the trivia that they had him surrounded by children so that his ki- to make um, audiences uncomfortable with his character. Oh, like his slaves are all kids. But I think it makes perfect sense, because if you're trying to control a population, you would take their children as hostages... And if you raise them from children to love you, then they'll serve you as your loyal soldiers. Mm-hmm. Those good points. That's actually what I thought. Is these are his future people because they're adults that are serving him as yeah. Anubis and so what. So they would have had to have grown up with him to have completely loyal. But they they had it. It was purposely done because they felt it would make audiences feel uncomfortable, make uneasy with the character. Mm. So. Interesting well, they also might have known him from the Cry Game, which will make him uneasy too. Well, <laughs> you know what else? There was no subtitles in the original version at all. Apparently, the same version that you guys saw, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, it scored so low with audiences that they added in the subtitles for when Rob was speaking, and then it scored much higher. Well, you want to know what they're saying, yeah? Yeah, yeah. There's entire scenes where you're just like, "Oh, I guess he doesn't like him." <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a, the theatrical version. I watched today the theatrical version because I hadn't seen it in a while. Because we have the special edition. Mm-hmm. And that one adds in even more dialogue. So next time you should watch that one. You'd be surprised by how many how much I great couldn't find. We, we could have it right find up there if you want to take it home. Most of the scenes with Ra we could find in clips with subtitles. But I could not find just when he learns how to talk to them in the village. Yeah, Any of that. I couldn't find any of that dialogue. We just saw, well, I guess... They like him, and it seems to be going well. <laughs> well there was not a lot. That's a great explanation. Off to Sapir came in. Well, and like when they the originally bridge. get to the village. No, once he learns how to talk to them. Although we didn't have any subtitles when they there's, got there either. There was only. There's but we thought there little, were supposed to be there. There was, there was a couple of subtitles between like Shaori and Sakura, but not like a whole lot. Anywho, so um, Ra thinks that they have come to destroy him, and he brings out O'Neill's bomb. And uh, Jackson's like, like, what the fuck is that? What you got? You have a fucking bomb? Why'd you have a fucking bomb? Why do you have a bomb? It's your bomb. It's my bomb? (laughs) And then Rod does this super cool thing where he kind of looks at where everybody takes their heads off. Mm -hmm. They have these, so Horus and Anubis have these stone heads that kind of fold back. Are they stone? I, don't know I think they're made of that magical metal. metal. I don't know what they fucking I think they're made of that magical metal. They're made of awesome, and they fold back into their <laughs> collars. Well, they have, like, collars on, and theirs fold back into their it collars. Star-Lord mask. But when yeah. Ra takes his mask off, it folds back into nothing. Like, it just kind of folds away and, I guess, tucks up under his hair or something. Well, Rocket made them, so... They, <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. But O'Neill see, sees that they're just men. And he grabs a fucking weapon, takes out a guard, and uh, 
violence ensues. At one point, he's going to get shot, and Jackson jumps in front of him to protect it, because this guy is surprisingly brave. First eating weird lizard, now putting his life between mm-hmm. his buddy in danger. Yeah, he, and he called him a dweeb earlier, so. Yeah. Even though I just found out, you brought a bomb. Yeah. But he takes a energy weapon home. shot for him. Yeah. And O'Neal goes to shoot Rob, but the kids have formed a human shield, and he can't do it because he can't kill a kid. Yes, and then, he can't uh, kill a kid, but he could blow them all into oblivion. Because so then, what do you think the atom bomb's going to do? <laughs> Make it rain candy? Anubis <laughs> <laughs> knocks him the fuck out again. Well, that's what he does. And then, <laughs> drop him into, the and then he gets the thrown out. into uh, a pit with the rest of them. It was filled with water. Filled with water, yeah. Egyptians it's, got a lot of hell, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hell of the upside down center. Yeah. Well, that would be a terrible place like to just be... You can't lay down, no, and yeah, your body slowly turns into a prune. Like, that's torturous. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doubt. Egyptians got a lot of hell. <laughs> and uh, Ra, so the kids, um, the kids, we flash to the kids outside, um, the village boys, and they're kind of raiding base camp, touching all the stuff, and then we see the pyramid opens up, and out comes some flying ships. Mm-hmm. Spaceships, we'll call them. They're heading to the village to punish the villagers. Yes. For something they didn't even do. God. And uh, so they attacked the village. And then... And they also took her breath away. The boys run back to the village. And by the time they get there, all these people have died. Mm -hmm. And um, he... The Sakara asked Shaori what happened. And she's like... Ra punished us. And she's like, where's Daniel? And he's like, he kind of shakes his head and then she looks like she's going to cry. Where's Daniel? They must have had one hell of a conversation because they met yesterday. Yes. <laughs> it was love at first. No, put your clothes back on. <laughs> and then he runs over sand to... Sandow went off. Sakara mm-hmm. runs oh, over to the headman. Oh, there it is. The Sandow went off. <laughs> Sakara runs over to the headman and is like, what happened? And he's And he's like, son... That's where we find out he's a headman's son. We shouldn't have helped the strangers. No. But it's, and you know, people are dead. It's a real sad scene. Sad, mm-hmm. sad scene. But that was a good candy bar. But uh, <laughs> Daniel's dead. Oh, wait. He's not. He wakes up in uh, Ra's rehabilitation pod, mm-hmm. which would freak me the fuck out if you just wake up and you're in a sarcophagus and you're covered with gauze. And uh, he's all healed, surprisingly. Which is this cool technology? Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Uh, I've seen it. Wolverine's got it. There's <laughs> a little chatty chat, chit chat with Ra. Chatty chatty chit chat, huh? <laughs> where I we, don't think it was quite that light. They had a quite heavy conversation. Where Ra talks about him, you know, says I, you know, I see you guys have advanced in uh, in the time that since I've been there, and he says that he's going to send this bomb back to Earth. With a shipment of his mineral, which will uh, cause it to be a hundred times more destructive. How does he know that? Because he's a very intelligent alien. He doesn't <laughs> know that. I think he actually does know that. No. Did he do the math? I think he did the math. He did the math. Okay, well, the math checks out. I think he knows. And uh, he's and Daniel's like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, I created it, and I will destroy I created your civilization, and now I will destroy it. Mm. But first, he's going to stage a demonstration. 
so that his villagers will know that there is only one Ra. One God. And uh, Daniel is going to have to go out and kill his companions. Mm. And he's, and uh, Jackson says, well, what if I refuse? And then Ra says, I will destroy you and all who have seen you. And he, yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's people he has come to care about in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we flash to the village where um, Shaori is starting a revolution. <laughs> where she's going to tell everybody all the things that Danielle told. Or Danielle. That, <laughs> that Jackson told her um, about their people and where they came from. So she, could, she says, fuck it, I'm going to teach you how to write. Yeah, right? Seems you like rebel. They, seems like they know how to read and write just a little bit. Yeah, like, it may be outlawed, but they do seem yeah. to... Well, that would be the kind of thing they would get out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, man, I got some words. <laughs> <laughs> I got some synonyms over here. <laughs> it's the next day, and the people have assembled mm-hmm. outside the pyramid. And uh, the... Uh, yeah. The remaining military guys. Having a hard time all of a sudden. I know. I'm, it's the, hard. Uh, I'm uh, tired. Words are hard. I know. Words are very hard. Can I get a cinnamon? A cinnamon. <laughs> can I, <laughs> can okay. I get a cinnamon over here? Let me get some cinnamons over here. Somehow Ra has big, assembled everyone. Like assembled all the villagers for his demonstration to show that Danielle, Danielle is his puppet and does what he says. Because he's Ra, motherfucker. And um, O'Neill and the rest of the guys are kneeling and they're being prepared for his, for their execution. Mm-hmm. And they give Daniel a blaster stick or what, whatever those things are. It's, and, a, ta- it's a taser face. All right. So he takes the taser face <laughs> yeah. and he walks down. And as he gets to where they're, O'Neill and the guys are kneeling on the ground, Something flashes against his face, and he looks up, and it's, it's a, a zippo. And it's a zippo. Sakar has a zippo in his hand and is using it to signal Daniel. And uh, he shows him that he's got a fucking assault he's rifle packing. under his. Under he's his got an AR fifteen or something under there. <laughs> Bunch of them. So do. Daniel's like, "Thank God the gun laws in that right. country are pretty liberal." <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna have to kill my friends. And he's like, "All right, all right, let's get this show <clears> on the road." So he opens the. The taser face like he's going to shoot O'Neal. <laughs> and then he turns around and he fires it at Rod. And, Mrs. Dead. and everybody's like, wow, I didn't see that coming for some reason. <laughs> like as he turned around, they should have had. I really been, just thought he was going to well, execute all of his friends right uh-huh. now. They really should have had the old, uh, all right, kill him or I'm going to kill you type thing. Yeah. Going on. Like had a gun to the back of his head. They don't use guns. They use uh, taser, taser sticks. Yeah, taser face. Should have taste the face in his face. If they had one on his back, it wouldn't have shown the people that he was their puppet. Right. Mm. Yeah, because they think he came from Ra, and they have to show that he does Ra's That's will. That's a good point, Carly. Well played. <laughs> you tried to put a hole, a hole in that the sweat the plot the you tried to put a hole in the sweater of this plot, and Carly just sewed it right back up. That's probably the only one I'm gonna sew up. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of holes. But they escape. <laughs> they manage to escape because the boys start firing their assault rifles. It's a miracle they don't. They're hit. spending a fortune. It's a miracle they don't kill a bunch of people. They were trained they by Harley Davidson himself doing. because they didn't hit a goddamn thing. And uh, they escape that night. 
they were shooting for shit, they wouldn't get a whiff. I can't stop well, they yawning. They shoot them up in the air and spray, because everybody spread out and run away. So I guess that works as far as well, as far as that goes. I guess. But they escaped. Also, presumably, they've never shot or seen guns. <laughs> they've had no training. I mean, I have been Don't. exposed to guns my whole life, but the first time I shot one, I was like, oh! <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, right now, I bet the safeties were on those guns. Yeah. yeah. Colonel O'Neill does not fuck around with gun safety. Mm-hmm. Not true, anymore. True so I'm pretty sure they couldn't have done shit with them, but let's stop. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're uh, hiding out in the cavern mm-hmm. where Shaori had started her secret rebellion. So she's and Princess Leia? Apparently. Okay. And O'Neill is freaking out a little bit, and because Kowalski's like, uh, he's kind of excited. They've escaped. These uh, kids aren't commandos, but uh, we got ourselves a little rebellion force here. He's and feeling O'Neil's a little like, uh, invincible. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not scared at all. <laughs> What's in this? Uh, Wind, fire, all sorts of things. But O'Neill freaks out, and he starts taking the guns away from those kids, and he's like, look, they're just kids. They don't know nothing. You guys, and, um, uh, so then, uh, Jack, and they're like, Colonel, what, what's wrong with you? And Jackson's like, why don't you tell them why you're really here? Why don't you tell them about the bomb? And, uh. Can't say bomb on an airplane. Nope. O'Neill comes clean. I was a bombardier. That his orders were to blow up the Stargate. And that if they were to come over and if there was any kind of threat, he was supposed to send them back through and, and blow them up. And, uh, and that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And so Jackson tells him that Ra has thought this is such an excellent plan, too, that now he's going to send it back through and he, with his mineral, and it's going to be a hundred times more destructive. And Jackson says that, or O'Neill's like, no, because I'm going to intercept him, blow that fucking shit up. <laughs> and Jackson's like, it's the gate on Earth, that's the problem. And O'Neill's like, well, you know what? You're right. But since you can't get us back, then we don't have, we can't, since you can't get us back, um, this is our only solution. I cannot talk to that. I'm really sorry. I'm having trouble. If you guys can get to the other side, then destroy that side. But I'm going to stay on this side and make sure it gets destroyed. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Which, I mean, they could make another one. There's there's millions of them, right? Well, Ra could, yes. Ra could make another one. So you gotta kill Ra, otherwise you're fucked. Mm-hmm. But because he knows where you you, you yeah. are, he knows when you've been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you wonder how long did it take Ra to get from Earth to the world where his minerals are? Mm. Well, that's a good question. But how far away is Ra from another Stargate? Is your is a more appropriate question? I don't know. There's a million symbols on it. I'm assuming those all go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but how? You know what? The real question is how far away. From losing his mind is right. And the answer is pretty fucking close. Because he's really pissed that they cannot find these guys. But a better question is how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? The world may never know. Ra, is, Ra wants them found and he wants them found fucking now. O'Neal and Jackson have this little convo off to the side. Where Jackson is surprised that O'Neal would have stayed behind and blowed himself up. And O'Neal's like, no man should have to outlive his own child. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, that's true. He's ready to get, die. He's mm-hmm. given up, and he does not care. He's ready to go. And then uh, back to Ron, his temper tantrum, and he's, <laughs> he's like, "I can't believe you can't find these fools." 
And this is the part we we had no subtitles. Like we found the there's only one raw scene, mm-hmm. but everything after that. Yeah. Well, so he <laughs> he yells at them because they couldn't find them, and that the villagers are hiding them. And then he takes out his and he he takes out his magical ring, and then uh, punishes the one guy. He zapped his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taser, taser his brain or something. Turn his brain into jello. No. Something. And then uh, across the streams, right? <laughs> then back to the cavern Taser of resistance. Face. Mm-hmm. Taser his face. <laughs> back to the cavern of resistance, and um, the boys are making fun of Jackson because he's doing wife's work, and he shouldn't be doing that because he's the husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, he's wait a minute, like, what? <laughs> like, say what now? I, I'm sorry, I don't think that translated correctly. <laughs> and see, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> And he goes over to Showery and is like, uh, are we married? married? He's like, excuse me, bitch, are we married? (laughs) She says, don't worry, I didn't tell them that you didn't want me. (laughs) And he's like, it's not that I didn't want you. It's that I'm a good person. He's like, oh, I want you. I didn't didn't want to rape you. (laughs) And then he he gives her a little kiss kick. And then... uh, Then he spent money, money. (laughs) And Sakara, who's watching this, then creepily closes the curtains like, my sister's going to get some. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'd ever do that. Well, it's a primitive society. Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, haven't we all heard stories in primitive societies? They have, like, the wedding, and then everybody, like, stood outside the tent while it was consummated, like... (laughs) I cheering them on, go for it! (laughs) This is a thing. It's just a part of life, and it's something to be celebrated. Sure. So then, next scene is Daniel coming up on uh, Sakura as he's drawing their upcoming victory, and Daniel realizes that that's the seventh symbol, the symbol for this planet, so he can get us the fuck home. So now they got a plan. Mm-hmm. O'Neill is going to, they're going to, intercept Ra's shipment and then they're going to blow it up send everybody home and then blow it up Ra so they go to the mines and the headman and O'Neill is starting he's like take he took over Shawi's revolt now he's running this show and the headman freaks out and uh, they start a fight with the guards and Daniel knows how their helmets come off and they kill one of the guards and then the headman's like, oh, now we're all going to fucking die. What the fuck are you guys doing? And Daniel takes his headdress off and he's like, look, look at your gods. And then they take hijack the minerals and they take them to the pyramid. The world is shook. All night long. So they disguise themselves as a caravan of mineral and they infiltrate Ra's house. And some of them are, are stay outside the pyramid and some of them go in carrying the ore, and they get inside. And I guess Horace gets suspicious because they start taking everybody's hood off. And when they get to um, Colonel O'Neill, it's <laughs> good when he just fucking shoots that motherfucker. He's like, "You took my hood. All right, we're made." Bam! He <laughs> yeah, just shoots that motherfucker. Don't we get the close range? Say, say hi to King Tut asshole or something like that. Come that's, late, that's, that's later. He just lights that motherfucker up right next to him. That's pretty funny. And uh, a fight ensues. And um, somebody presses the super secret close the pyramid door button, which 
how the fuck they do that, I don't know. Because O'Neal and Daniel are inside, and Kowalski and Freddy are outside. And I guess Roz got super hearing because he hears a commotion and sends out some of his fighter jets. Mm -hmm. And they start shooting at the guys outside who leave the pyramid and run down to, like, where base camp was and flip over the remains of their fake caravan to use as cover, which doesn't seem like it would be much cover. But um, O'Neill and Daniel run down to the bomb, and O'Neill starts to set it up and says that Daniel has seven minutes to open the gate and get gone. And But they're still people here and this is it, I was trying to write You're confused and, yes I am I was trying to write and I was missing things because it, there's a lot of stuff happening mm. but um a lot but uh, I think it's I think it's Anubis that comes in you don't have to get the gods right it's okay yeah he comes down from the through the teleportation pads in the ceiling mm-hmm. and Daniel's got a gun and fucking Anubis shoots him anyways because he's too scared to fire. Mm-hmm. And But Showery gets in the way and she gets shot and dies. Or does she? And um, we have a bit of an officer's peer moment here. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel grabs her and takes her up into the teleportation pod because gonna, he's going to take her to Rod's uh, Ra's rehabilitation chamber. Mm-hmm. And he says, Roz Rehab Clinic, we'll fix you. And he says, and O'Neill's like, where are you going? And Daniel's like, wait for me. I'll be back. And Until then, so he goes up, and then we get O'Neill versus Anubis. Mm-hmm. And O'Neill's trying to get back to the bomb. He's like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but I gotta stop it. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to get to the bomb because he's already started it and Anubis is kicking his ass. I think he jumped the gun there though when he started it. Like, we haven't we haven't really talked about this. We haven't decided. <laughs> we haven't gotten everything in place yet. I was going to start it. Okay, you got 6 minutes. <laughs> 7. Yeah. It's one of those things where in the beginning you're like, man, Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell's kind of a dick because he jumped the gun, but towards the end you're like, no, he's right. You need to blow these motherfuckers up because they're in the middle of a firefight. They don't know how much time it is. Weapons and I'm, shit. I'm blowing this shit up. Yeah. You got seven minutes to get everybody else through. Yeah. Sorry, your girlfriend got shot, but they're not coming back to Earth from nuking us. You know, the math just doesn't add up. You, you got to go. Yeah. But the outside forces are losing badly. Mm-hmm. They're fucking getting their asses kicked because they don't have to shoot guns. No, because yeah. They- <laughs> And they're almost out of ammo anyway. They're, they run out of ammo. They're spending a fortune. And they're like, what are we going to do? And then Kowalski just surrenders, which oh. I would have just shot him. He <laughs> went the Jar Jar Binks because way. I just, give up. He just jumps up and he's like waving him down. He And I would have just shot him, but okay. So they surrender. And uh, Daniel has taken Showery to the super secret rehabilitation pod. Mm-hmm. And it closes and then it opens. And she's still unconscious, but she's healed, I guess. And uh, so Daniel starts to walk back. It didn't take very long because he only had seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it like only took like what, like a minute to fix her. Well, this is yeah. really good technology. Well, he start he walks back to um, take her back downstairs, and Ross sees him, and is like, because he out of the corner of his eye, he's like, "Hey, who's that?" And I know that like, guy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, he just walks by in the background. <laughs> 
Don't we have guards or something for this? <laughs> so then Ra attacks him. And he says, I think he says, I'm no longer amused or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because he found Daniel kind of interesting before, but... But now he's got to go. But now he's not. And he uses his ring thing to scramble his brains. Then we go back to O'Neill versus Anubis. And it it's looks... It's a classic double main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just when you think all hope is lost, fucking O'Neill starts kicking some major ass. Mm-hmm. And he spots the teleportation thing. And he takes Anubis down... And they're wrestling, and he sees that he's right in the ring. And so he, he crushes him with yeah. it. So he grabs his wrist, because that's where the activation thing is, slams it down, and activates the rings, and it crushes his head, and then decapitates teleports him. His well, head. teleports just the head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't it, think it decapitated him, it just teleported his head. Well, it cut it off his head when it just teleported the head, so yeah. that's pretty awesome. that annihil- seems decapitation. Well, it annihilated his head, not decapitated. Well, it cut Semantics. it off. It Didn't cut, cut it. it. It removed it removed, it removed it from it. its body, it which is cut. decapitation. Mm, it was annihilated. No, the head was built. annihilated, mm. but the body was decapitated. The body was just there. <laughs> just kind of without twisted. a head. Okay, the moving on. Moving on. <laughs> the body so, was uh, a head, but Daniel was moved. also yep. inside the teleportation thing. So yeah. when it opened yeah. up, Rob has to let Daniel go. So. Not only or did <laughs> O'Neal yeah. kick Anubis's ass, but also saves Daniel's life and Shaori, mm. who's still well, and unconscious. Her head on so look, look yeah, her head on Raw. <laughs> of course, this is Kurt Russell. The last words from Walt Disney were Kurt Russell. Very important. <laughs> Kurt Russell's <laughs> last words to Anubis were, "Give my regards to King Tut, asshole." Damn, that's some cold shit right It'd there. It'd be better if he said Walt Disney, but. <laughs> <laughs> but so they get back down in the pyramid. And but the bomb won't stop. Mm-hmm. They must have. They messed with it. They've messed with the trigger. It's that classic movie trope, like, oh no, they've disabled the disabler. But um, <laughs> thank you for pressing this up. We flash button. back to outside. <laughs> we've got everybody surrendered, and we've got. Uh, they landed their planes, which seems stupid. And they have, and they come to, you know, they're gonna kill them, because that's. Which is what's happening, and then all of a sudden we hear a noise, and we look up, and it's the fucking villagers, mm-hmm. and they have decided to join in this revolt, uh, and they fucking attack. Part two, electric boogaloo. And there's two guards, and I don't know how many it's gonna take to take those guys down, but I know how many they're gonna use. And that's which a useful piece of information. Of so, after all this, Rod decides it's time to dip out, mm-hmm. to blow this pop stand. So he closes up his pyramid and goes home. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to Earth 2. Or Earth 3. And uh, they we flash back to O'Neill and Jackson. And Jackson's like, turn it off. And O'Neill's like, I can't. And then they hear that and, and Ra's leaving. And they look at each other. And then they look thing and they and both say, Shari, I got an idea. Shari starts <laughs> to stand up. Shari gets up and she sees the body. And she freaks out. And they hear and they look at her. And then they look at the bomb. And mm-hmm. then they say, I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. So they send the bomb to Ra. And Ra, you flash up in the pyramid. And Ra sees the thing open up. So he walks towards it all creepily. Like uh, he's about to attack whatever comes up. And it's the fucking bomb. And we can see the timer. And there's seven seconds. And the timer goes off and it's love. 
and it's not love. That's not what happened. No, no, no it's victory. He melts. He melts. He mm-hmm. turns into a gray first. Yeah, you can see that it was a gray, which and is kind of weird. Why would but, it be? But a gray? it kind of isn't though, because unfortunately, I listen to this, to podcasts about that stuff, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the whole thing about grays supposedly is that they come to Earth and take people because their DNA is shit now, because they're so far advanced, so they need our older DNA to mix with theirs. So it kind of fits it a little bit. Okay. Unless they you got, got a little from this. pure breed situation <laughs> happening. Yeah. yeah, but he he didn't. Because he was going into their bodies. Yeah, right? he possessed. Yeah, yeah he possessed them. He didn't possess. He went in. This was more like um, in the X Men. No, this was more like no. This was more like they live. <laughs> this was more like they live. I thought it was more like Jack Frost because he took the oh, technology. What no. <laughs> <laughs> well, ain't I, fucking Frost? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think we watched the same uh, movie. We'll watch. But it again. Uh, at least it wasn't Jason Triple X. <laughs> so they won. And somehow, even though nobody knows how they closed the door, somehow O'Neill and Jackson and Showery figured out how to open the door because they come out of the pyramid mm-hmm. and see that all their buddies have survived. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, good, you're alive. <laughs> Sakara and the other boy army salute Colonel O'Neill, and he salutes them back because mm-hmm. he's damn proud of those boys. And then uh, Showery and Daniel have a little kiss kiss. Because, you know, it's cool they're married. (laughs) But is that marriage legal on Earth? No. doesn't matter. (laughs) I I don't know. Might be. I'm not sure. I gotta say, you know, because if it's legal in Vegas, it's legal here, so why not? I would say it doesn't matter if it's legal on Earth, because uh, guess what? Daniel does not go home. We go back to the Stargate, and they've turned it on. How they did that? Who the fuck knows? Because they didn't have all the technology with them then that they did on the Earth side. So who knows? <coughs> but yep. uh, O'Neill, Kowalski, and Freddy, our only surri- surviving characters, are going home. You know what? And here's what I think and Daniel, Jackson should have said was, can you send back up on the Fifth Avenue candy bars? Because <laughs> he seemed yeah. to really be into those and he's all out. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Daniel says... Uh, chicken lizard for the rest of his life. So. Yeah. O'Neill's like, are you sure you don't want to come? And... Like we have he hot looks at his hot table. lady. <laughs> Daniel looks at his hot lady and is like, no, I'm good. I'll stay. And uh, Take her with you? O'Neal goes to leave. <laughs> and, are, are, are we more dangerous to her or is she more dangerous to us? That's my thing. I don't think I'd tell anybody. Can I like... get through the last 30 seconds of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. Yes, ma'am. And Sorry. because O'Neal starts to walk away and Daniel grabs his arm and takes the necklace of Ra and hands it back to him and says, tell Catherine it brought me luck. And then... O'Neill goes through the Stargate and the movie's over. The movie's over. So, yeah, I think it would be better for her to come through the Stargate because then think about it, it's a whole new world. She was like, No, I'm talking about disease wise. Yeah, well, is she going to kill all of us with her plague or are we going to kill her? Oh, no, we're going to wipe her the fuck out. Think so? She looks like she's in a pretty sterile environment. She's going to come over and get chicken pox and be done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I also, think that, I think it would freak her out. Well, you tell her about I don't it. No, because she has, they have spaceships and shit that she sees. I mean, she could probably. Well, you tell her about it. Be like, hey, look, you can see some precedence. weird shit. We have a precedent. Emma, Emmy didn't get freaked out. She saw yeah, cars. Yeah, but in she between her Egypt. jumps, we got the impression <laughs> she got the lowdown on what was happening. Yeah. This chick had no idea this other world existed. But Emmy didn't hang out well, with heroes in the spaceships. Because, all right, we're going to go into another room. This is what's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff and people wearing weird clothes, and it's going to get a lot weirder. No, but every, <laughs> but like, she had a god who's now dead. 
I'm, I killed your God. Even yeah. though he's a bad God, I still murdered your God, changed yeah. your whole worldview, and now I'm going to show you cars. I think it's better I, that he stays. And, well, but, but, but he's he going th- to change their life, too, because he's not yeah, going to sit around. but it'll be slower. He's going to be their new God. And, yeah. He's going to be the leader. Yeah. It's too yeah. bad there was never a sequel made to this movie, but there was a whole series spinoff. So if you need more Stargate, I don't know if you it, should it go watch it. It doesn't follow any of that, though. No. No, it they doesn't. go to other worlds. There are stuff. a couple characters that do return. One of them being the um, the kid, the car kid. Is Richard Dean Anderson? Is he Kurt Russell? I think so. Really? I don't know. I never watched it. He's that character, but I don't know if he's that exact character. But it's that. He's type that of... role. Ah. I've only ever watched a couple episodes, and it's been a really long time. All right. Well. Okay. And so. So. Uh, John, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, I bay. go first again. Wow. All right. So my favorite character. Mm-hmm. is going to be Jackson. I had a really hard time picking a least favorite character because they were all pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I went with Anubis because he just kept knocking people out. That's all he did. <laughs> okay. Um, I did not have a hard time picking a least favorite character. I, I liked everybody. <laughs> my favorite scene is when Jackson's going to get coffee because he's tired and he's filling mm-hmm. it up and looks at the guy's paper, walks up and steals just the back paper so the guy didn't even get disturbed. He's still reading. Leaves. Then goes back in this little window and goes, can I borrow this? I thought that was funny. And my favorite line is, well, how do you know they want you to go with us? Because, and Jackson goes, because they want us to go with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yay, nay, may, bay. Now, I've given this a lot of thought. As in, I didn't think about it at all. It's a good movie, and I think you should watch it, so yeah. <laughs> wow. It, it's really simple. It's, it's story-wise, it's going to be the big, you know, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's a fun little movie. Like, oh, hey, what if you went to another world, and they... We're enslaved. Like, this hilarity ensues. Okay. I don't. Okay. Tony. My favorite character was uh, Daniel Jackson, James Spader. My least favorite character is the French Stewart guy. Yeah, for ready. Yeah, I didn't care for him. Favorite scene, and it kind of, I guess, puts me on Team John because it's the teleporter decapitation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Favorite line, it was the same one. John picked with the how do you know he wants us to go with him because he wants to go, to with, go him. with him <laughs> um, I don't have a least favorite tertiary man whore Aww. Um, oh yeah I'm gonna go with the horse dog thing <laughs> yeah. yay nay maybe um, I'll go with a hmm, I don't Ooh. know I don't know whether to go with a strong maybe or a weak yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what Elaine wants you to pick I know. go with the yay I'll go yeah I'll go weak yay like it's it's good but it, it's it's an older movie. Yeah. Know? But uh, I, I, I don't know. I enjoy it, but I, I don't know if other people will. Uh, it's it definitely a rose-colored glass. Yeah, it depends, so, depends on your temperament. I, I mean, I'll watch it. So know. I'm going to put that down as a yay. Yeah, yay me. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You wrote yay instead yeah, of Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to put me down as Elaine yay. Elaine keeps track of every <laughs> movie. She has a notebook with Johnny, every movie Lane, we've Carly, done. Johnny, Elaine, and yay. And <laughs> she keeps track of who yay, nay, maybed everything, and she usually puts names by yay, nay, maybed. So this time she wrote yay under yay instead of Tony. I'm yay now. All right, right. yay. Yay, He's tone yay. He's tone yay. All right, Kari. 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 All right. My favorite character, also James Spader's character. It was kind of a tie for me between the two, O'Neal and Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. 
My least favorite character was also Ferretti. I don't know who casted, like, who was in charge of that. He yeah. did not play that role. I couldn't no. believe it for a second. And <laughs> yeah. You could have really put anybody, anybody else. bigger in that role, and I would have believed it. Uh, my favorite line was when he was looking for Jackson, and he does the whole, he wears glasses, he has long hair, he sneezes, and they cluck like a chicken, and he's like, chicken, yes, chicken, chicken man. Chicken man. And my favorite scene is when he first arrives at the secret facility, and he fixes the board, and he's like, who did this? (laughs) And I'm also going to yay it. But it's kind of a tentative yay for me as well. Wow. Um, actually, partway through the movie, I realized I had seen it before. Yeah. I, I don't remember the beginning at all, but pretty much all the interactions, once they, once they got to the other side of the gate, I had seen before. So mm. do you think maybe Tony once caught it on TV and watched the second half and you well, were there? I don't know, Tony oh, or Carlos not the really had cable the entire time we've known each other. Was this, was this an Elaine situation where she was reading a book in the room and it was on so she counts it? Oh, or maybe you came home kid. when Aaron was watching it yeah. maybe or something? I think sure. I saw it when I was a kid. I, I like As I'm watching it, I'm like, I've seen this before. I've definitely seen this before. <laughs> All right, Elaine, I'm curious to see your favorite tertiary man whore. <laughs> Definitely Horace. Okay. It's right in the name. Horace. Ah. <laughs> uh, so my favorite character is um, James Spader. All right. Dr. Daniel Jackson all the way around. Ready to go, Daniel Jackson. I, James Spader is a great actor, and this mm-hmm. is he played a great character, and I really enjoyed it. And my least favorite character is the um, lackluster village headman. Like that's a, He's a great character actor, but I just did not. He just annoyed me every time he... Just wussed out at every turn. Mm. And I know he redeemed himself at the end, but still, it's just very annoying. My favorite scene is, like, I have the same one as Carly. When he gets to the facility mm-hmm. and he's doing the thing. And he's just like, just, I just like that where he's he's taking charge. But at the same time, he's like filled with wonder when he sees it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, this is the neatest thing ever. I just really like that. And my favorite line is the one that the old lady uses in the car. Go where you've just been evicted from your apartment. Your grants have run out. You want to prove that your theories are correct. This is your chance. Because it's just a great way to convince somebody to take a job. Mm-hmm. I know your life sucks. Come take this job. So you have nothing else going. Come it's on. also very similar to um, the Disney movie, um, The Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I, well, I've seen a lot of Disney movies. That one came out when the cross was little. And I've seen it a million times. But there's another similar part where they're trying to convince the the scientists to come with them on an adventure and it's the same kind of a thing so i don't know why just this kind of line because it would do the exact same thing yeah it's pretty much the exact same thing you want to prove you're right you come with us because your life sucks Mm -hmm. so i will also yay this movie it's fantastic all right obviously everybody should uh, this might be the first time i've gotten four yays (laughs) Um, i get them all the time don't worry about it (laughs) but it's really really good and it's a great science fiction movie they don't a lot of times science fiction movies, the special effects aren't good or the mm-hmm. plot's stupid. But here the special effects are pretty good and the plot is good and the acting is great. And it's just a good yeah. science fiction it's movie. Action. It was it's a good like, action film. Uh, the Arrival. Have yeah. you ever seen that? Like with Charlie Sheen? No. Uh, with um, Jodie Foster? Hawkeye. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, like Lois Lane. Backwards, yeah. yeah. Instead of us going there, they come here and we got to yeah. figure their language out. Oh, yeah, I watched part of that with Tony. I like that. But uh, it's just really good. And I think that you should give it a shot if you've never seen it. And um, 
It's cool. Before so we got Tony something. does his thing, oh. I want to say after last week's episode, we did get a tweet about a movie taking place in Philly. Ben said he was actually screaming Invincible. Hashtag Liberty City Movies. I've not seen it, but it is a It's a football movie. It's a football movie. Um, oh, I'd probably enjoy it because I love movies about sports, <laughs> especially sports I don't give a shit about. That's I mean, true. I might give that a look. I might give that a ben, look. Th- thank you for that. I checked I appreciate the it. Twitters because I was hoping somebody would give us actress ideas oh, for, for our Mannequin Leap show. Mannequin because Tony Leap. and I have actually talked about it a lot. <laughs> Because it's a fun idea to chat about. Except so, for the name of Mannequin Leap. I was hoping that we would get some uh, some tweets about... Well, we may still. ...who could star in it. But nothing yet. Oh, bummer. Well, <laughs> if you're out there... Yeah, Mannequin Leap. That's not the... It's a working title. If you have another name, please, please, please throw it out at us. <laughs> and where could they throw that out, Carly? Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh. But first... We have a friend of ours podcast which podcast that we listen to uh hey down in front and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a promo for them so oh, check these guys out hey everyone blaze and will here from hey down in front podcast join us every tuesday as we provide the movie commentary that you never asked for <laughs> throw a party that's gonna be terrible we go over our weekly entertainment based adventures god if you listen to that, <laughs> then we dig in and tear apart the movies everyone loves Oh, I have my mouth open, you f***ing animal. Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. I had to rewind myself. I know. All right, thanks for mansplaining that to me. And give us a follow on Instagram at HeyDownInFront underscore podcast and Twitter at HDIF underscore podcast. See you next Tuesday. Oh. Okay, All right. Hit you with the see you next Tuesday. (laughs) C-U-N-T. Why are you hitting people with cunts? Because they're aliens. All right. That's where their butt used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you would like to tweet at us like Ben does, you can tweet at Unmovie Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dogs. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Please like, rate, review, listen to all our. Uh, this past week, I listened to the Jack Frost episode. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little behind. (laughs) Just a bit. I mean, it's your podcast and you're on Jack Frost. That was like... I've listened to a few. uh, There's just some I'm like, oh, I'm more excited about this one than others. But I really enjoyed the Jack Frost episode. I I re-listened to Young Guns, Death Note, uh, Social Apprentice, and uh, Life is a House. Yeah. (laughs) He was listening to that one the other day. I was like, what are you listening to? (laughs) You know what? Honestly, what I really want to do is I'm going to go back and listen to the Timer episode because we talk about that one a lot. I love that. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back and listen You should just maybe rewatch that movie. Nope. (laughs) Not going to do that. It's real good. good. Not going to do that. All right. Well. You can also listen next week. When it's John's pick. On the podcast. (laughs) God, way to mess it up, people. It's It's a bit. It's a bit. We do it every single time. And we mess it up 50% of the time. So, I really wanted to do another James Spader movie. Sure. Um, but Action Adventure and James Spader go together like um, <laughs> Lamb and Tuna Fish. Yeah. <laughs> the only Action Adventure movie that I could really tell it was um, this little movie called The Avengers Age of Ultron, which by I no would, stretch can be... I would be, so love to do. 
which I would love, love, love to do that, but there's no way you're going to let me get that movie in as underappreciated, because yeah, I, I, I think it made a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you wait ten more years, you might be able to make a case for it, because people retroactively don't yeah. like that movie. And, well, no, they like it least of all the Avenger movies. They like the first one, and then Civil War, and then the yeah. <laughs> Age of Ultron. So it was the third one in there's there. There's so many Marvel movies that it's definitely a lot of people's least favorite. Yes, but I can't quite get that in. So I'm going to have to switch actors. We're going to do a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, and we're not getting to Kevin Bacon yet. We're going to get right from, so, to Kurt Russell. He was also in a Marvel movie, but I'm not doing Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We already did that, so, yeah. you know, so go back and check out that episode. Next week, on the podcast, is my pick, Tango and Cash. Dun, dun, dun. Jack Pounce is coming back. Sylvester Stallone is coming back. Kurt Russell's coming back again. And Terry Hatcher's going to be debuting. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. I got a lot to... There's a lot to unpack with that movie, so... Yeah. yeah. Carly, have you ever seen it? No. No. <laughs> really? Shock right here. Right. <laughs> Tony anyway, actually seems... I thought surprised. I made you watch that. All right, well... That's what I'm aware of. Maybe. Part of the Tony she might remember halfway through. You should mm. Oh, shoot. I don't. Oh, no. I don't have a song picked well, yeah, out. I pulled one up just in case you didn't. I totally uh, forgot. Wow. Okay. Oh, from this movie, though. Asleep <laughs> at the Wheel. I could I show there, you the there, world. I don't think there are songs from this movie. I don't know the words. I should have picked a song I know. <laughs> really? Not, I don't. Oh, my Sorry. God. It's oh, not connecting. It's not frozen like last time, though. Is it the Humpty Dance? No. All right. Stop what you're doing. Because I'm, I'm about I to ruin can. the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but y'all make a money. See, yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because, uh, <laughs> really? How can I, mean, I forgot? <laughs> I mean, that's the second bit you messed up in like a minute and a half. Oh. I'm very tired. I got up really early. She had to work today. None of the rest of us did. <laughs> I'm still on California time. <laughs> so you're not going to bed for three more hours. <laughs> Yeah. Look at my mind.